This week, it's knives out for Trump. And it's not just the left now. No, now we've got spiteful forces on both sides, on the right as well in this coup. But the right, they're not even good at it. And Adam Schiff is up to his pencil neck in lies. And his Democrat colleagues don't care at all, don't care at all, which has him thinking, OK, well, maybe, maybe we can actually get these votes to remove Trump from office. And speaking of knives out, Miller at the movies. You know, I saw a movie this weekend that was so good and yet so blatantly political, it had my head spinning in frustration. Why must they do this all the time to us? And last, but certainly not least, a heartfelt goodbye to the legendary five-time NBA champion, 18-time All-Star LA Laker, Kobe Bryant, a titan among men, an idol to so many of us since we could barely walk, since we could barely talk, so R.I.P. to the goat. And then even more tragically, R.I.P. to his little black Mambasita, a beautiful, innocent 13-year-old girl who died along with him. Mamba for life. White House Brief begins right now. Lies, lies, lies. I mean, so many lies from this guy, from this pinhead, Adam Schiff. Remember, all throughout Russiagate, he lied about everything under the sun. And then uh, that didn't work out because of the Mueller report. So now he's lying about Ukraine. He's on a crusade to get Donald Trump out of office, and he is utilizing his aversion to the truth in order to achieve his goal. So I'll get to Adam Schiff's lies in, this, in, in a second. But first, as always, we got to make the, some money. We got to pay the bills. Black Rifle Coffee. Are you a part of the Black Rifle Coffee Club yet? If not, I'm telling you, you need to be. Do you drink coffee in the morning? Do you support our vets? Do you like having to make a trip to the store every day to pick up your coffee? No. Yes to the other ones, but no to having to go to the store because you're a productive American who can use all the time you can get to keep making America great. So sign up for the Black Rifle Coffee Club, which means you get discounted prices on your club orders, free shipping. And then if you use my promo code, my discount code, you'll receive an additional 20% off your first order. And what is that promo code? You might ask WHB. Use it. You'll get 20% off your first order. Then the coffee is shipped directly free to you. The great thing about Black Rifle Coffee is it's not burnt. It's not disgusting tasting like some coffee companies who prioritize hiring refugees over Americans. No, Black Rifle is veteran owned and operated and they wait until you place your order to roast their beans. So you get the whole bean. You can do that. Or if you prefer, you can get them grounded or you can get the little pods. Hell, just get them. Just get however you prefer it. And if you don't want to commit monthly, just order the product to try it first. Wake up to America's coffee by going to blackriflecoffee.com slash WHB. That is blackriflecoffee.com slash WHB. Enter the discount code WHB. Get 20% off your first order of any coffee products, including the Black Rifle Coffee Club. All right. Can someone show me the evidence? Where is the evidence? Where is the evidence that they are impeaching Trump on? The aid? that he got delivered, because there is none. There are no victims, there is no crime. Adam Schiff keeps saying there was, and yet he hasn't produced it. 
Shouldn't there be a punishment? Molly Hemingway over at the Federalist writes, Trump is right. Adam Schiff has not paid for damaging the country with years of lies. And she's absolutely correct. Not only has he not paid, he gets to stand at the front of the room during this whole impeachment thing and spread more lies after more lies after more lies. And then and, and the uncritical media, they say, oh, please, Mr. Schiff, please come and tell us more. It's pathetic. Journalists, isn't it your job to go find the evidence and actually uh, produce it? You know, you know, like they have to they do with the Democrat collusion where they had Kiev officials working to actually help Clinton. Yeah, you don't hear about that. But a Ukrainian-American operative was consulting for the Democratic Committee and met with top officials in the Ukrainian embassy in D.C. to try and expose dirt on, hmm, no, not, 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 the, not the Democrats, Trump and Manafort and Russia. Politico has that story. Or, or what about this? What about when they have Biden colluding in Ukraine? But no, don't pay attention to any of that. Shh. No, 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 no. Just listen to Schiff blow baseless air out his ass. Sure, it was easy to move on from the Russia report because it was, it, it was, it was such a waste of time, right? But we can't forget that Adam Schiff was a leader beating the drums to rally the troops against our president. He is hell-bent on reversing the 2016 election and destroying the 2020 election. Here's a clip of him back from 2017 talking about this alleged evidence that only he had seen that would prove the president was a Putin puppet. Do you admit yeah, that, it's uh, a circum all you have right now is a circumstantial case? Uh, actually, no, Chuck. Uh, I, I can tell you that the case is more than that. Uh, and I can't go into the particulars, but there is more than circumstantial evidence. Yeah, you can't go into the particulars. Uh, why? Uh, because you don't have any? Oh, he says he doesn't want to go into the particulars. Yeah, because there aren't any. Yeah, because he made it up. Fact check. Schiff. False. Because what ended up happening? Hmm? Well, when Robert Mueller ended his expansive multi-year $70 million investigation into the question, he didn't find a single American who had colluded with Russia. Not to mention a single Trump campaign affiliate. Not to mention Trump. Schiff also lied about the FISA application process that Obama's FBI used to spy on the Trump campaign. As more information about the Russia collusion scandal came out and people started to realize, oh, hey, weird, literally none of this adds up and it all sounds shady as hell. How did any of these FISA applications get approved? Well, Adam Schiff put out a memo at the start of 2018 stating FBI and DOJ officials did not abuse the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act FISA process, omit material information, or subvert this vital tool to spy on the Trump campaign. Fact check again, false. We know now by reading the Horowitz report that a lawyer for the nation's top law enforcement agency run by the Barack Hussein Obama administration concocted evidence and modified emails to use in warrant application, which was the basis of a sworn statement in court. And then furthermore, in Schiff's memo, he stated that Christopher Steele's raw intelligence reporting did not inform the FBI's decision to initiate its counterintelligence investigation in late July 2016. Hmm, fact check again. Fact check, you know, I wanna think about this one. What about this fact check? Oh yes, false again. 
You noticing a pattern here, huh? Inspector General Horowitz told the Senate that FISA warrants relied entirely on useless information found in the fictitious Steele dossier, a document that not only allegedly featured intelligence gleaned from foreign powers, but one that was paid for by the same political party running the DOJ and running against Trump. So two major lies from Schiff right in the first few paragraphs of his report that he claimed intended to correct the record on FISA abuse. And, and he didn't even take a beat after the fake Mueller report brought that all to a close before searching for the next great hoax to bring down the president. And that's when he began with the whistleblower crap. Remember that. Not a second's worth of self-reflection at all. Everyone knew that the whistleblower coordinated with Schiff's office, but for some strange reason, and I don't even understand the thought process here, but Schiff maintained his lie about knowing the whistleblower for a while. You are the only member who knows who that individual is, and your staff is the only staff of any member of Congress who's had a chance to talk with that individual. We would like that opportunity. When might that happen in this proceeding today? First, as the gentleman knows, that's a false statement. I do not know the identity of the whistleblower, and I'm determined to make sure that identity is protected. Yeah. Lies, lies, lies. He said that two months after it came out that he definitely did speak to the whistleblower. It's clear that these lies don't bother the Democrats. That's fair to say at this point, I think. Adam Schiff may be well-spoken, right? But that doesn't exactly matter when not a single word that drips out of his sniveling mouth is true. Schiff is making a mockery of the country every single day, and his colleagues don't care at all. That, that should be scary. That should bother you because it's a disgrace and it's a dishonor to you and to the country. It's a disgrace to me and every single person out there who loves America and does not want to see it brought down from within. All right, it's movie time, folks. And I should say spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I, I swear. I swear. No matter how many times I say spoiler alert. Uh, some dope comes along. Oh, come on, dude. You I watched this and you ruined the movie for me. You know what spoiler alert means? It means I give away plot points. If you don't want that, if you haven't seen the movie, if you don't want anything given away, stop watching. So we'll, we'll give the slow people of you, we'll give you a few seconds. We'll give Boomer Mike a few seconds to figure out how to exit the window. All right. Three. Two. One. All right. So it's Oscar season. And so we're loading up on all the flicks, making our way down the list of films that are up for Oscars. It's a tradition. So this weekend, I finally got around to seeing this one. You know something. Spill it. I suspect foul play. No. Sure. Gotta do this more often. Knives out, my man. Knives out. It's the murder mystery from Rian Johnson that was nominated for Best Original Screenplay, but denied the Best Picture category, which I thought it should have gotten, but it was denied it over that silly women flick 
or pretty women or like or, or whatever little women. I, I can never remember which women it wanted is that they nominated. You know, it, it's, it's the one from the 1800s where all of these doughty broads are like, hey, but daddy, I don't want to cook and clean. I want to learn to write. Hey, don't be silly. You can't be a writer. You must find a husband. But, Daddy, I've got a brain full of ideas. That's got to count for something, hasn't it? And then she, like, goes off to be, like, a writer in New York City or something and writes, like, a big book. Like, uh, hello, cliche department. You know what? Once you write something as good as Knives Out, little woman, let me know. So Knives Out left me feeling really, really kind of conflicted because on the one hand, it's one of the best written, most clever, enjoyable, edge of your chairs, interestingly shot movies I've ever seen. And when it comes to sheer filmmaking and writing goes, it's this Agatha Christie-esque whodunit mystery set in this like crazy, beautiful, giant house. It's like a maze with about as many twisted hallways and stairways and turns as the plot itself has, and it's adorned with these decorative objects and props that are about as eccentric as the characters are. The acting is fantastic, with an all-star cast from Daniel Craig to Chris Evans, Jamie Lee Curtis. So if you put the politics aside, it's a delightful film. If you don't, it's an absolute progressive garbage piece of nightmare. And, and we know how hard of a time Hollywood has putting aside their politics. I feel like this film has a lot on its mind. It has a lot to say. I think it makes some sly commentary on wealth disparity. On, sly? Uh, uh, yeah. It's fairly overt. Immigration also. I mean, how important is it to you guys that a film like this is not only entertaining, but it takes a certain point of view, uh, especially when it comes to things that are happening immediately in our country? There are these issues of wealth disparity, immigration, all explored. Oh, and it is explored. It is explored because you see, this movie is all about this Marta character. This Marta character is this, this uh, scrappy little anchor baby. That's the technical term. She's a nurse who is the caretaker for an extremely rich crime novelist named Harlan Crombie. And Crombie is the patriarch of a conniving white family, evil white family, who are all at each other's throats for his, uh, for his will once he dies from an apparent suicide. Or was it a suicide, right? So that is why they hire a detective. Daniel Craig gets hired. Suicide? Or was it one of the family members who killed him? Or was it the little anchor baby, Marta, the nurse who killed him? So Marta was loved and adored by Mr. Crombley, all right? So perhaps more than anyone else in his own household, he loved her the most. But, but she could also gain a lot from taking advantage of his love for her. That's at least how the family sees it. That's at least how the bickering family sees it, especially after the will is read. And what's in the will? Well, what's in the will is that Marta, the nurse, the caretaker, gets all of it. And nothing is left to anyone in the family. They get screwed. And the daughter of the illegal immigrant, Marta, wins everything. Now, of course, 
That means that by the end of the movie, the Latinx community, oh, they're exuberant over this movie. Christian Ramos of the Radical Immigration Group explains, you have this Latina nurse who inherits all the money because of her hard work and her genuine relationship with her patient. She wasn't a caricature. She showed the difficulty of being undocumented. Her being there and being intelligent and kind, but also having a backbone and learning how to stand up for herself was subversive. And that's exactly what the filmmakers wanted. Marta's actor explains how important this was for her. It is important in every movie that we actually talk about what's currently happening. And if he's a current, uh, it takes place in, in, in the year you're living in. Yeah. And what's occurring in the world is that we're living in the most evil times and Donald Trump and the Republicans are being so cruel to illegals. And so to show the evil right, you had this evil teenage son, this guy, who is accused in the movie of being an alt-right Nazi, whose other relatives have con conversations like explaining how, oh, we love legal immigrants, but not l illegal immigrants. You know, they're, they're these normie, blue-blooded Republican family members. So you got them saying that, trying to show all Republicans are not good. But in the movie, since Marta's mom is not legal, when all of it hits the fan, Marta has to protect her illegal immigrant mother. And then when she becomes more deeply involved in the investigation, it becomes clear that her mother could potentially be sent back to wherever she came from. And so there are so many twists and turns and so much great dialogue. And it, it, it makes you laugh out loud. It is laugh out loud funny. Because in fact, if it wasn't, if it wasn't so well written and it wasn't funny, it would be unbearable to watch because it is in fact filled to the brim with politics. Just a warning, all right? And none of that is surprising coming from Rian Johnson, the man responsible, the guy responsible for turning the last Jedi into a purple-haired feminazi SJW-driven pile of crap. Politics is gonna come up and the movie has a point of view and, has, and like talks about some of that stuff. But all of that was all of that was not enough for the Latinx community, however. No, 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 no. They're very upset that they dare injected humor. Humor, you can't laugh. They injected humor into the movie. Monica Castillo at the New York Times says, many of us dealing with these fears firsthand don't want a vivid reminder on our way to work or in a darkened theater surrounded by the laughter of strangers at something that makes us cry or keeps us up at night. And then you've got Gwen Aviles at NBC News, Peacock News, and she's very upset that Knives Out does not appear to have much Latino representation in its crew. Oh, the crew wasn't Latinx enough for you. Uh, it's not enough. It's not enough for the whole movie to be about a Latina girl who uses her hard work to get an enormous estate. No, the crew, the crew has to be Latinx too. But then you know, you know they'd be furious if they had, a, if, the, if the crew was, they got a bunch of Hispanics catering the sandwiches and mopping the floors. And that's the crew? You think they'd be happy with that? Of course not. You can't win with these people. They're never going to be satisfied, which is why you should simply focus on making great films, which is what this was with, it was, but without all the politics. Leave the politics to the pros. Kobe Bryant, man. I mean, I really can't believe that he's dead. It really is just surreal. 
I mean, Kobe, Kobe, the five-time NBA champion who we all grew up with. It doesn't matter if you're from L.A. or we're a Lakers fan. We all grew up with him just gone in a tragic helicopter crash like that, gone, along with his 13-year-old daughter. Seven others died as well. He was reportedly attending a mass, ironically, right before boarding the helicopter en route to Gianna's basketball game. That was his daughter. They called her Mambasita. Kobe was Black Mamba, and she was Little Mambasita. Helicopter crash, and the helicopter that collided into the ground, it was a S-76S helicopter, which is considered a highly reliable aircraft, according to pilots. So it's strange. They don't know if it was mechanical. They don't know if it was a pilot error, uh, a drone strike because it was flying too low or something else. They don't know. But now you've got in downtown Los Angeles, I mean, this is the Staples Center. This is where I, you know, at least several times a year went to see Kobe play live. Kobe and the Lakers. And to just see hundreds of fans gathered outside that stadium for Kobe because he's dead. It is just, uh, it, I don't know if it's hit me yet. That, that's a stadium, the Staples Center is an institution which Kobe, for all intents and purposes, owned. I, I mean, that, that was his house. He built that house, as Alicia Keys said at, at, at the Grammys, which took place in the Staples Center. You know, as an L.A. kid, uh, it really is. It, it, it's surreal. It's surreal to watch my hometown go pay tribute to the death of Kobe Bryant. We just assumed, just assumed he'd be around forever. Like all of our heroes, an American legend. But I guess the, you know, the great ones, the great ones always die young, don't they? They always die young. And now you, you have uh, those at the Staples Center. You've got these crowds at the Mamba Sports Academy. Mamba Sports Academy, they've got jerseys and candles and flowers and tributes for Kobe. And, and this, is where, this is where Kobe coached his daughter. She was also a basketball player. And they were supposed to return on Sunday for his daughter's tournament. And then the helicopter crashed. Here's Kobe with, uh, with Black Mambasita. That's Kobe's daughter, Gianna, Black Mambasita. And uh, Kobe got his name from the snake for its speed, its accuracy, and its persistency. And I, I, I mean, just speechless is how I can describe the reaction from most people I know who grew up with, uh, with watching him. And right now, depressed and speechless. You know, we all felt like we knew him. And those who actually did know him are, are even more visibly emotional, as they should be. Doc Rivers, head of the coach of the Clippers, the other L.A. team, was doing his best to keep it together. I just don't have a lot to say. I, uh, the news is just devastating to everybody uh, who knew him, known him a long time. And, uh, you know, he, he just, he, mean, he means a lot to me, obviously. Um, you know, he was such a great opponent. I mean, when you have your opponents talking about you like that, uh, that says something about your character. I mean, he wasn't perfect. Who the hell is perfect? 
but he touched so many people. He inspired so many people and so many more than just the fans of the Lake Show. He inspired his competitors. He inspired professional businessmen, fans from all over the world who love basketball. And I'm not even a basketball fan. I don't pay attention to that. I'm not a huge basketball fan. But the Lakers is my hometown, is my home team. And this news really screwed me up, as it did everybody I know. And so I think we should just take a moment to remember this legendary hero. Hey, guys, thank you for listening to the White House Brief Podcast. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe to the podcast. Please rate it. And if you feel like doing it, please leave a review. It really helps us out. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.